Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Steve McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And to the show, we're talking about my biggest mistake. Yes, and we'll probably talk about some of Andrew's as well. Now, quite you never f- made one. Oh, yes. What about that jacket that you chose to wear today? <laughs> What's wrong with this jacket? Oh, I, don't I know. thought it's you were going to mis- go with Amber J. McDonald, but no. <laughs> <laughs> well, both that jacket and her had mistake written all over them. <laughs> now, a lot of people on YouTube and on the podcast say, oh, Ed, it'd be so nice if you talked more about yourself. <laughs> I thought, I thought, <laughs> no, they don't. No. No, one, no one in their right mind has said that. They say, can you talk more about your property investment journey yourself? Yeah, that, uh, you've more yeah about, about myself. Okay. Thank All you right. very much. And so we're going to get a bit vulnerable. <laughs> I'm going to, what? Well, don't, don't discount my vulnerability. Now put your phone I'll away. I'll get Candy Crush out. Go right ahead. No, no, no. So I tell you, I haven't been investing in property for, for years and years and years like Andrew has, but certainly one of the biggest ones that I think about that was probably a bit more stressful is as I was coming to the end of a relationship, Mm -hmm. a recent one, Mm -hmm. I thought, you know, I'd really like to invest in property. It's the right time to go ahead and buy some more property. Right at the peak of the market. Yeah, unfortunately it was. (laughs) Convinced myself it wasn't. And so I think, okay, I'll put one under contract. I'll put a new build under contract. That's a good idea. You put two under contract, didn't you? Well, then I thought, oh, you know, it'd be a really good idea. If if I get my girlfriend... Me and her, we should go in on it together, shouldn't we? That'd yeah. be an excellent idea. You're already on the way out of this thing as well, weren't you? Well, I you had think, a foot in, a foot out. Well, I think you could probably tell that as a good friend, yeah. Andrew. I think that would be probably fair to say. <laughs> it's a bit like the couples who think, oh, you know, a rela- baby will fix it. <laughs> Relationships on the rocks. <laughs> Maybe one or two babies will fix it, <laughs> and it never does, obviously. <laughs> And so I think, oh, well, we shouldn't buy our own home to live in together, but an investment property is fine because even if things get rocky, you just split it. Yeah, just sell it. Oh, no problem. Well, <laughs> so I put it under contract, and I think I'll just put it under my name because that's going to be the easiest thing to do. But I didn't have enough deposit to do it on my own, and so that was a bit of a risk. Then what I thought some months later was, actually, this probably isn't the right relationship for me. I should probably move on. Did you decide or did she decide? Surprisingly, Andrew, I actually decided yeah, that it was one. Your decision, and it's quite awkward breaking up with someone. Terrible. And so, just before I do it, of course, I have to call up my good friend Andrew Nichol. <laughs> so I'm thinking about doing this. The safety but, net of all. <laughs> but I don't have a spare ninety thousand dollars extra for this deposit, and the market started turning the other way. What should I do about this? And thankfully, it's nice having a rich friend because then... (laughs) Not only do you get your lunch bought for... But then you said, oh, I'll do it with you. But that ended up being more stressful than it should have because I thought, I know, I should bite off more than I can chew. That's an excellent idea. And because sometimes you hear people say, oh, you should bite off more than you can chew and then chew like hell. I thought, oh, what wonderful financial advice. (laughs) And so, you know, I'll take two of them. I'm just going to clarify, for anyone wondering, it is not a financial advisor. He's our economist. (laughs) And that was obviously a jest, Andrew. But what it made me realise is that did I not have a good friend like yourself, then I would either face maybe having to wait it out until settlement to settle on the property and then call it quits or face losing. I think I'd put down a 60, it was about 67 and a half grand I'd put down as a depositor on that specific property. But then, of course, your challenge is, does the developer then go you for the difference of what they sell it for? And if they sell it at a loss, you've got to stump up the cash for that as well. Yeah, there could be additional risk above and beyond the 67 odd grand that I'd sunk into it. And so I think that is a bit of a mistake. And I remember Stevie, one of our financial advisors, working with an investor 
And, you know, she found out that their relationship was a little bit on the rocks as well. And he was thinking, oh, maybe, you know, I might be going through a divorce, but maybe we should just get this property anyway. Did they say this together? No, no, no. He was talking to Stevie afterwards. And she's like, that's probably not the best idea to do, (laughs) you know. And sometimes we convince ourselves that dumb things are actually probably a good idea. Oh, maybe I should just do it or, you know just before people get divorced. Oh, maybe we should just buy that house because that'll make everything better. Um, (laughs) And it didn't. And it obviously often does it. But that's something that certainly, if I was in a a more unfortunate position, could have been really bad. If you hadn't have come to me, did you have a backup plan in your mind of how you're going to settle it? Well, I did consider like, maybe I could go to a non-bank lender. To be fair, I've got siblings. I could probably talk to them and be like, hey, maybe you want to go in with me on this investment property. It wouldn't have been unheard of. And actually, that's probably quite a good lesson for this current market. There are a lot of people at the moment who are coming up to settlement. They've put a deposit down on something. They're coming up to settlement, and their circumstances change because there's been a long build time. There were delays in Auckland with construction, COVID lockdowns, all those kind of things. So your kind of plan B can sometimes be to rope someone else in. And I've made a lot of money being roped in on deals where people have got to settlement and had to change the way that they're purchasing but it's, al- it's also something that people should maybe just think about if you're putting something under contract off the plans. Like we have also had investors we've been working with and certainly our financial advisors have where the couple signs up for something and then you get one year later and maybe the relationship now is on the rocks or there has been a bust up. And so that's something that you've just got to look out for and manage. Now, of course, most people, if they're signing up for properties, they're probably not looking one year down the track and thinking, oh, yeah, we're probably going to be split by the time this comes up. You know, they're probably much smarter than me. Less psychotic. (laughs) One should hope so. Imagine being in this brain, Andrew. Um, But it's it's a story I want to share because it's probably one of the larger mistakes in a short investment career. So then I've got a question for you. Did the ex, did she put any money towards the deposit? Did you have to pay her out? No. So what I'd actually done, I thought, look, we'll keep it real simple because she's a bit more nervous about it. But I said, oh, it's probably a good thing to do. And I said, I'll put down the deposit and we'll sort the rest out later. So I must admit, in that way, it was a very clean break because I was actually the only person on the contract. I'd put the deposit down. And so I was able to walk away and it was all very, very easy from that perspective because I didn't have to pay her any deposit. She wasn't on the contract, so I didn't need to nominate it or change the name on the contract. So that's one thing that kind of worked out quite well in the end because they don't just walk away and no issues. Now, just bear in mind, Ed was not in a de facto relationship. So you'd been together a long time, but you weren't living together for a long time. So therefore, relationship property didn't come into it? No, there was also a relationship property agreement in there. I'm very big on relationship property agreements. I recommend them to a lot of people, even when they say, oh, no, 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 we'll be sweet, we'll be sweet. You know, you always think things are going to be sweet until they're not, and then you regret it. Everything's sweet when it's sweet, but when it goes bad, it ain't good. Yeah, and it's just the the, the messiness of it. So certainly those two things, A, having a relationship property agreement, and then B, uh, what's that? Two. Two. Oh, and then two. Are you trying to make a dumb joke at my expense when I'm opening up about my relationship (laughs) history, Andrew Nicholl? And two. (laughs) And two, 
What was the first one? Relationship body agreement. <laughs> Keep that in, David. No, don't, don't, yes. don't. And then two, so first was having the relationship property agreement. The second thing was having that in my own name actually worked out quite well because then it was that that quite clean break. And I don't think this episode should be to make you nervous about getting into a property deal, even if your relationship isn't that mature. So I think back to Alice Stewart. So Alice Stewart was the first girlfriend I bought a property with. And I ended up subsequently buying properties with lots of girlfriends. That sounds terrible, oh, Andrew Nichol, the most successful property investor and relationship guru. <laughs> One of those things is true. And I, we did pretty well. Like it was the foundation of what became a serious portfolio investing with Alice. And, you know, when we started, I, I think it was a long-term relationship for me back then. I think it was a full nine months. And I was young back then. I was 19. So nine months seems like a long time when you're 19. And I think you've got the same risk when you invest with friends as well, that maybe the friendship will erode for some reason because your friends are like some of my friends. Oh, um, thank you for looking at me like that, <laughs> And I think the best thing you can do is structure your exit nice and clearly. And I think, I don't know if I've shared the story or not, I remember when Alice and I sold Bacluse Street and then there was a disagreement later after we broke up that I got more money. Now, the way we designed our, and I don't think it was even a relationship property agreement, it was just a, an agreement that we'd done because we weren't, the fact that law was in place, but it wasn't as big a deal back then, it was only pretty new and we weren't living together anyway. But the deal was we took back our deposits and then we split the profits 50-50. Completely reasonable, right? Yeah. But then in the but heat, your deposit was bigger, right? Correct. And then in the heat of the breakup, she said, but you got more money out of that deal. And she was a very intelligent girl. But she was blinded by the rage, rage of, of losing you. Of, no, I think, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of, of just, you know, the, the emotional roller coaster that is a breakup that she went to that. And I remember saying to her, no, remember, I put in two thirds of the deposit, you put in a third. If we were doing this the fair way, I should take two thirds of the profits. But we're splitting the profits 50-50 because that was the deal. But of course, if you want to be able to remain as amicable as possible and friends after a breakup, whether it be a friendship or a romantic relationship, you want to make sure you have those things. Are you still friends with Alice Stewart? No, I haven't actually spoken to her. That's one of the few that I just don't speak to. Oh, no, we'll get her on the phone after this. <laughs> Alice, Alice, Alice. Alice. Now, now, let me just check these facts. Did you, in fact, only put in a third of the deposit? No, she, well, she'll, she'll tell me again. No, that Andrew Nichol ripped me off. He took more of the cash. And that's how I started my empire. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're going to wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Really does help us get the message out to more people. And we are coming to Auckland, Christchurch, and Wellington for our live events. It is the Wealth Plan Tour. If you want to get your tickets, it's happening at the end of October, Saturday, November. Just go to opuspartners.co.nz slash tickets. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Steve McKnight. We're going to be back here tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics, and insights to help you get the most of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.